In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Today's gospel is the parable of the sower and the seed. And Jesus told this parable to explain his ministry. He was sowing the seed of God's word in the region of Galilee through his ministry of preaching and signs. He was not carefully placing the seed. He was broadcasting it, throwing it all over the field. The seed took root, grew, and produced a crop only when it fell on good soil. As Jesus explained, the seed on the good soil are they who, in a noble and good heart, hear it and keep it and bring forth fruit with patience. Agriculture is the central biblical analogy for understanding the kingdom of God. The organic processes of producing a crop correspond directly to the growth of the life of Christ within us. Galilee was an agricultural region. The people would have understood the story even if they didn't get its larger, deeper spiritual point. They would have understood the farming. In contrast, we do not live in an agrarian culture. We live in a marketing and consumer culture. I once heard a preacher say that Jesus used illustrations that his people could understand and that we should do the same in our day and age. The market is a more natural point of reference for us than the field. However, the market does not present the same direct correspondence with the kingdom of God. Things that make products successful are not necessarily things that make life grow. The life that has been planted in us in Christ through the Holy Spirit is a living reality that progresses or regresses according to the principles that govern all living and growing things. Non-organic analogies can provide particular points of uh, illustration, but they typically provide even more points of contrast. For example, last Sunday, Jesus told the parable of the laborers in the vineyard, and St. Paul analogized the Christian life to a race. The wage of the parable and the crown of the race represent the gift of salvation. And these illustrations work with regard to those one particular point. But both analogies illustrate how the kingdom of God is unlike both of the things they use as an example. No business owner could maintain the peace by paying those who worked 12 hours the same as those who worked one hour. And in a real race, only one person can win. But St. Paul's point was that in a Christian race, everyone can win the prize. In particular, we must beware in the church of drawing too much correspondence between the ever-present metaphor of the market and the truths of the kingdom. For the kingdom of God is utterly unlike the market in most ways. In contrast, things that are planted 
or things that are born provide a direct analogy to the word that has been planted in our hearts into our new birth in Christ. The main difference between the market and the field is highlighted by the conclusion to the gospel. Jesus said that those on the good ground are those who bear fruit with patience. <clears throat> patience means perseverance. It doesn't mean to wait around doing nothing. It means to faithfully continue in the horticultural work of the spiritual life. In contrast, the value of perseverance is not directly evident in the market. Profits or products sell when people are excited about them now. And there is a tendency in the market to abandon good things that may have long-term benefits because they don't sell or don't uh, make people feel good immediately. This may be the main spiritual malady of our time, a false identification of Christian faith with religious consumption. The horticultural metaphor highlights essential truths about grace and judgment that we will get wrong if we use other frames of reference. The most important thing about a plant or a believer is whether it is growing and producing good things. This agricultural truth confronts the error of legalism, in New Testament terms, being a Pharisee. Legalism focuses on religious performance rather than virtue. Perfect performance is a competitive value. We want to look better than others. Ironically, this is inherently prideful and non-virtuous. Thus, we can actually perfectly perform the outward duties of our faith while at the same time actually be increasing in our sin if we are using the wrong frame of reference. Conversely, we may look like we are falling apart and our life of prayer may be all out of sorts, like a field that is being tilled to soften the soil. It doesn't look good, but God may be doing significant work within us that will produce long-term growth. The horticultural analogy reminds us that the only meaningful assessment of our religion is the interior change it is producing. Are we trusting Jesus more? Are we growing stronger to resist temptation? Are we increasing in the virtues of faith, hope, and love? Are we growing in our experience of joy and peace in the Holy Spirit? The agricultural metaphor also clarifies the standard of judgment. There is a false idea about judgment that goes something like this. In the judgment, God will weigh our good works and our bad works, kind of like a teacher that's grading on the curve. We might make it through the judgment if we have a few more good works on our account than bad. <clears throat> and false religion, therefore, may try to do a few more good things to kind of tip the balance in our favor if we are using this false point of reference 
for the spiritual life. The parable reveals that judgment will be a revelation of a harvest. What is the fruit of the life of Christ within us? The important thing is organic growth, not the relative merits of our good works and our bad works. Even temptation and sin will ultimately be evaluated by the relationship to our growth. For example, let's say in a moment of weakness, we yield to temptation and commit sin. The long-term evaluation of that sin in the horticultural analogy focuses on what comes next. The sin can lead us to guilt, despair, and ultimate separation from God. Or the sin can lead us to renewed repentance, a greater awareness of our need for Jesus, a renewed experience of grace, and an increase in good works practiced with a motive of love. In the latter case, God will have used the bad to produce the good in us, and the end result is the only thing that will matter in the long-term judgment. This all relates directly to the approaching Lenten season. There is a great danger of observing Lent as consumers or competitors rather than as farmers. We are tempted to practice things that look good to others but do not actually address the temptations we face daily or the sin that is embedded in our hearts. A competitive or comparative Lent can actually increase our sins. We may arrive at Easter feeling guilty like we've been a complete failure in the Lenten season, which of course is not the point. Or we may arrive pridefully, feeling like we've done a little bit better than that guy. However, the only important assessment of Lent will be its interior fruit. Pre-Lent, these three Sundays before Ash Wednesday, is a time to examine our field. What is hindering our spiritual growth? Is the soil of our heart too hard? Habitual times of quiet and solitude practiced during the Lenten season can help to soften the soil. Are there thorns in our hearts that are choking the word and making it unfruitful? The practice of fasting, of saying no to things that have too strong a grip on us can help to pull some weeds and make room for new growth. Almsgiving, the practice of giving money, time, and labor to help others can free us from captivity to the soul-destroying consumer preoccupation with getting more for me. Disciplines are necessary in the spiritual life. Fruitful farming is hard work. But the only meaningful evaluation of our labor is whether our spiritual disciplines are helping us to grow. We should begin our thoughts about Lent with the end in mind. How do I want to be better? What virtues would I like to grow in? And what ways do I want to love better? Then we can consider 
what kinds of disciplines are necessary to produce that kind of growth. If we practice these horticultural disciplines for the Lenten season, the life that Jesus has planted within us will grow and produce new things. As Jesus said, the ones that fell on the good ground are those who, having heard the word in a noble and good heart, keep it and bear fruit with patience. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost.